Hey, it's Kathy. I'm so excited because, drumroll please, doors are officially open to my program, The Abundance Method. I have been wanting to put this program out in the world for two and a half years. I've been working on it behind the scenes, and this is my signature program. This is the program that is going to teach you the method, the framework for how to become a master manifester in your life. Why is that? Because everything is vibration. We live in a world that is atomic. That means the world is made of atoms, which is energy. 99.9% of every atom is energy and less than 1% particle. So in order for us to manifest in our life, we need to become the highest vibe possible and to sustain that. This program is going to show you how to meditate and how to set your day on the right track so that you have a practice that can help you project your amazing energy into the world, which will bend the 3D, which will help you manifest in ways that you won't even believe. This is a transformative live 10-week program. It is designed to help you on this journey of spiritual awakening. It's going to give you tons of tools. I'm going to show you how to change your energy, master the manifestation once and for all, This is the first program of its kind. We're actually trademarking all of this framework because it is something that is so unique. And I think you're going to be so excited about learning it. Also, there are some bonuses right now. If you sign up, you're going to get an exclusive podcast so that you can be listening to this program. If you can't make the live Zoom calls, we can give it to you on a track so that you can be listening to it like you do a podcast. Also, you're going to get a pack of 10 meditations from me. And you're going to be getting a training that I just gave a workshop called Permission to be Rich, one of the best workshops I've ever done, which you will love. And there is a platinum level to this program. If you choose the platinum level, not only do you get extra coaching calls with me, you also get extra mentor support, but this is really cool. You also get a retreat included. My retreats are normally $3,000. You will get the retreat for free included. Plus, you will get a front row seat at that retreat because you will be on the platinum VIP track at the retreat. All of this is here for you. I'd love to see you in this program. I want to see you tapping in, turning on to that electricity within you so that you can find your way to the life that you were born to manifest for yourself. You can join us now at kathyheller.com slash join. I cannot wait. Get on in there. See what all the excitement is about. It's going to be so much fun. Failure is just a series of data points and you use them, you learn from them and you move on. I believe that the opposite of depression, it's not happiness, it's purpose. I believe that every single person has something unique to contribute to the world. And that's why I wanted to create a show called Don't Keep Your Day Job. Don't Keep Your Day Job is about figuring out what it is that you were here to do in this world that only you can do to make the world more whole, more beautiful, and to stop selling yourself short, and to stop sitting it out, and to figure out how to take this thing you love, whether it's art or music or screenwriting or dance or baking, and how do you weave this thing that you love into a life that you get to contribute, that you get to do what you love full time, because it's not just about business, it's about contribution, it's about meaning. That is what we seek, that is what we truly want, and you absolutely are here to serve the world, and I want to help you figure out just how much value you have inside of you. And every single week, we're going to be talking to people who have something to add to help you get out of your own way, to help you be more successful, to help you be the truest expression of you. My name is Kathy Heller. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's dive in. Thanks to HoneyBook for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. If you run your own business, you're used to doing it all. But if you're struggling to get through your to-do list, HoneyBook can help. Go to honeybook.com slash dreamjob for 50% off your first year. 
Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. So how many of you are following me on Instagram? I am having so much fun connecting with you guys there. It's such a pleasure. You guys lift me up every time I check my phone. I just feel just so much community, so much support. And I want to just keep giving that back to you with this podcast, with the Facebook group, with everything else. If you want to come say hi, I'm at Kathy.Heller. Kathy's with a C. Yesterday I posted on Instagram, uh, I don't care what I allowed in the past. Try me today. And boy, is that so true. I feel like I used to set myself on fire and drag myself through the dirt just so other people were okay. And today I just trust my gut. And if people don't respect me or respect my boundaries, I'm just like, okay. So that's a goodbye. I loved Sarah Knight last week. Didn't you love her? Be the no you want to see in the world. Love it. And I think you're going to be so excited about today's episode as well. It's so cool to see people, especially women, just having a voice and stepping forward and saying, this is me. It's so liberating when we let go of needing everybody to like us and we really just worry about what feels really right for us and for the people that we we know we want to show up for, who we are meant to show up for. So good. We have a few more tickets left for the Arrive Summit. I think we are 75% sold out. It is going to be March 22nd and 23rd in Los Angeles at the Marriott. I've been doing giveaways for tickets on my Instagram, so come on over and join me. I'll, I'll keep doing those every day. And it's going to be amazing. Yardley Smith is going to be there. She plays Lisa Simpson on The Simpsons. Uh, we have Jenny Goldfarb, who's going to be there from Unreal Deli to talk about how she was a Shark Tank success overnight. We're going to have the two girls, the amazing women, Lindsay and Krista from Almost 30 Podcast. They've created such a movement. It's just going to be so packed with inspiration, empowerment, and actual tools so that you can arrive home to yourself and arrive to that next level this year. You deserve it. So come join us. If you want to go ahead and grab your seat, you can go to kathyheller.com slash arrive, or you can go to my Instagram and I'll be doing some giveaways and you can look for those every day this week. I'll be giving away a pair of tickets. So stay tuned for that. Also, if you haven't yet bought my book, please go ahead and do that because I'll be going live every single week and doing a book club with you. The book has 12 chapters. I'll be going live for 12 weeks, doing some Q&A, pulling out the biggest takeaways from each chapter, giving you some some workshoppy homework stuff you can do. And I just can't wait to go through the book with you guys. All right. I can't wait to share today's episode with you. We are joined by the delightful Jacqueline Johnson. She's the founder and CEO of Create and Cultivate. She's a best-selling author and podcaster and such a fearless go-getter. It is truly unbelievable unbelievable what she's built. Her company, Create and Cultivate, is a widely popular media platform and nationwide conference for women who are seeking to build the career of their dreams. You guys, she has over 40 events per year. They bring together thousands of women for these incredible conferences with guest speakers like Martha Stewart, Kim Kardashian, Chrissy Teigen, Mandy Moore, Gloria Steinem, and Jessica Alba, just to name a few. You have to look her up and you have to see what they're doing. If there's an event in your area, you must go because you just don't want to miss out on this. You should also grab your copy of Jacqueline's book work party where she chronicles her entrepreneurial journey and shares tactical tips on how to turn distrust into determination frustration into fuel and heartache into hard work start the business you've always wanted to create and go listen to her podcast also called work party it's full of real talk on career and no bs advice from jacqueline and her guests like barbara corcoran sarah blakely and so many more jacqueline's been featured in forbes the la times wall street journal and she's really spearheading this movement for a new generation of women who are redefining the meaning of work on their own 
terms. She's so awesome. I know you're going to fall in love with her. So without further ado, please welcome the fabulous Jacqueline Johnson. Jacqueline, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm excited about it. I've known about you for a while and love, love it. All the things. Love it. It's like a beautiful community you build. The branding is gorgeous. It's all the feels. Can you tell us a little bit about the journey? Just tell us how you created Create and Cultivate and like where it all started and where you started and all that. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a long story. I've been around for a long time, but yeah, it, it really started when I started my first company. I was 23 when I started that company and basically had no idea what I was doing, but was, you know, super eager and really excited and really naive, which is kind of a perfect combination for starting yes. your first business. Yes. <laughs> And basically made a lot of mistakes. You know, I wasn't a business person. I was always a creative. That was sort of my, my, my jam was putting together the ideas and the brands and the partners and things like that. And basically got a crash course in entrepreneurship and, you know, was looking for places online, places offline where, you know, there were other women kind of going to the same thing. And it didn't really exist. It didn't really exist at the time. It, this was like a long time ago. Now, now there, you know, there's a million places you can go, which is great. But basically, I just was like, okay, I'm gonna throw this thing together called Create and Cultivate. See if any of my freelancer friends or entrepreneur friends want to go to Palm Springs and kind of do some workshops, hear some cool people speak, and see what happens. And and you know, 25 people came, all of which I knew. <laughs> and, yes. Yes. Um, yeah. And. And it was cool. And I like never thought it would ever be a thing. And then, you know, a couple weeks later, someone's like, oh, when's the next one? I'm like, next one? I was like, I'm so tired from the first one. But yeah, whatever, let's do it again. And then just kept doing it for three years. And I always tell people like, it made no money. Like, it wasn't a business. It was a side project. In fact, I lost money on a lot of them for the first three years. And I had my other company that I was still running. And this was just like a total side hustle fun, selfishly like way for me to meet cool women and get advice you know, and basically someone kind of pulled me aside, you know, after those three years and was like, this is your brand. And I was like, nah, it's not like a business. It's like a thing. And they're like, you do this all day long for other people. Why aren't you doing it for yourself? You know, you run a marketing and events agency, you give other brands advice, take your own advice, like bet on yourself. And, you know, I listened to that advice. I invested in the company and, you know, turned it into a real company and hired employees and, and, you know, started taking it a little bit more seriously. And, you know, three, four years later, here we are. Oh God, it's so cool. It's so impressive. It reminds me also, Ryan Holiday was just here saying, Kathy, it's, it's not like I had a New York Times bestseller out the gate. I gave away three books basically for free by creating a blog and doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. And then I, you know, had a book. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think yeah. that people don't really hear it. They don't see that part or they don't want to see that part. I'm not sure, but I love that you were so generous and like shared all those, you know, sort of behind the scenes. So then when you were like, all right, let's actually start to do this and turn it into a profit. What were those steps and what happened? Yeah. So basically, you know, one was bringing on employees to help me do it because events, you know, obviously require a lot more than one person. So brought on, you know, a team and by team, I mean like two people, <laughs> like more than myself. Um, and basically I was like, okay, let's figure out how we make money doing this. And, you know, it was a combination of one. I didn't really want to charge high price tickets, which is something that like, you can go that route. 
and you know, a lot of people do where there's like thousand, $2,000 tickets and things like that. And I, I really, really, really wanted to keep it as accessible as possible without obviously like losing a ton of money. So I really started relying on brands, which was my forte, you know, where I had been doing marketing events with brands. I knew what they want. And I started putting together packages for brands to get involved in, in the event. And, you know, again, that sounds so obvious, but like, I think at the time, you know, there wasn't that many of these events that were really cool, really fun, had a really good audience, also had amazing speakers um, that were doing fun stuff with brands beyond just slapping a logo on like a step yeah. and repeat. So yeah. that's basically what I started to do. And luckily I had this like kind of Rolodex of brands I had worked with and just like really leaned into those favors. And I always say, you know, it's funny because Levi's was one of the first sponsors of Create and Cultivate, which is like an incredible get, yeah, very cool brand. And I, you know, the head of PR, I basically pitched forever. And she was like, I have like $3,000. And I was like, I'll take it. Like you're the presenting sponsor. Like and this was like early days and she like ran it on her credit card. And I was like, cool. But like, it was Crate and Cultivate presented by Levi's and every brand was like, oh my God, what's Levi's doing? You know? So I think it was, you know, again, there's times where it's worth it to kind of, you know, take very little money to get that brand association, especially as a newer, a newer brand. Mm, so good. I'm sitting here like taking notes, literally. <laughs> okay. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what Create and Cultivate became for people who don't know and what it's doing for women, what it's doing for business entrepreneurs and, and all the things. Yeah, totally. So Create and Cultivate is an online platform and offline event series for women looking to create and cultivate the career of their dreams. And what that really means is we provide online content, tools, tips, and tricks you need to go out and succeed in the world, whether you're a freelancer, you're a small business owner, you're an entrepreneur, you're in a corporate job looking to be more creative. We provide you know, amazing content that kind of you know, leans into that narrative. Then we also have events and events are really our bread and butter. You know, it's what I love to do. I think it's really fun. It, it kind of creates this offline community, which I think is really important these days. So we host over 40 events a year. We're most well known for our I large can't. <laughs> I Let can't. Let that just wash over you. <laughs> it's oh a nightmare. my God. Keep going. Keep going. Um, but yeah, we do events all over the country, which is also something that's very important to me. Like we don't just stay on the coast. You know, we do events in Dallas, Atlanta, Chicago, Miami, um, Seattle, you name it. And those events range, right? Like they're either specific small summits that, you know, tie to specific small business owners or beauty or whatever it is, larger conferences, which are more like festivals. Um, and then also just really fun events that we do with brands all across the country. So those events, you know, the goal is one to have, go out and meet other amazing women and see what incredible things they're doing. And then also hear from, you know, women that you would otherwise maybe not have access to, which I think is really important as well. You know, I have a book called Work Party in the book. I talk a lot about how, like, my parents are car dealers from Florida. Like, they have no idea what I'm doing ever. They're like, what is this business? Why are you a Jessica Alba? We don't understand. And it's awesome because I moved to New York not knowing a single person. I, like, hustled my way up the ladder. But I also, along the way, realized, like, a lot of business is driven by networks. It's driven by opportunity and it's driven by access. And a lot of people don't have those opportunities or access. And I was very lucky that I, I was able to build it on my own. But my goal in Create and Cultivate is to give women this access that they otherwise maybe wouldn't get to be able to grow and get that advice that, you know, they 
you know, if they're doing their business in Kansas city or wherever, like, you know, where they're like, Oh, that's how I go and raise money. Oh, like, Oh, that's how I, you know, draft this contract or agreement. Like I want to be able to, you know, kind of spread the wealth because the reality is, is like, if I hadn't gotten that access or information I, and I had just stayed in, you know, Florida where I'm from and just tried to do this on my own, there's no way I could have done it. So for me, it's really about creating widespread, you know, knowledge sharing um, for women everywhere. It's a hundred percent true. Um, I think that dreams die in isolation and when mm. we come together, you know, success leaves clues. So sometimes somebody knows something about an area that you would never have known because they've been busy working on that and you're working on something else. And together we can build the engine while we fly the plane. It's, it's so good and so true. And here's the thing. It's one thing to think that thought, but then to be able to go and do it, that's a whole nother thing. And not only did you do it, You've done it so well and you have done exactly that. You've helped so many people find each other and advance their career and build their dreams. It's a movement. So what is the runway, right, that leads up to filling an event? Tell us a little bit about what you know about that, that people can start to apply in their own business. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when Creighton Cultivate started, like I said, it was a 25% event, a 50% event, a hundred, a 300, and now a thousand. It took five years to get there. So, you know, it's really important to build up trust and value, but also make sure that your customers are having a good experience. Like I am a psycho about good experience and especially (laughs) early on, you know, when we were doing it, we took so much attendee feedback into consideration early, early on. And we still do. We, you know, we look at everything we, you know, and again, you have to start making decisions based on like, what's the majority saying versus the minority in terms of like, Hey, you know, I feel like the day's too long. Hey, I feel like the day's too short. Hey, I didn't feel like it was worth my money. Whatever it is, you have to look at all of this and say, okay, how can we do better? How can we make this so it appeals to like the widest common denominator and make sure that they're having a killer experiences? Like one of the things I say is, you know, jokingly, but I'm like, even if you had the worst possible day at Create and Cultivate, which would never happen, but if you did, you leave and you get a swag bag worth of $500 worth of stuff. So you're like, you could have have the worst day. And then you're like, I literally never have to buy shampoo again. So it's like, there are perks and bonuses, (laughs) but it's like thinking through the full customer experience. I think it's so important from the arrival to lunch, to this, like to the bathroom. Like we try to think of everything. Obviously doing that at scale is much more challenging. Okay. Um, Put a pin in that because I want to ask you something right now about that before we go forward, which is if you had to just go from your gut and say, what is the most essential thing that you think creates that really connected, great customer experience? What matters most? I would say thoughtfulness. You know, I think we're very thoughtful about everything that we do and we really try to think of every possible scenario. So, you know, whether it's like a little, you know, meet and greet surprise when you get walk through the door, whether it's like, yeah, you're in the bathroom line, but we have someone like tree passing cool things to you. Like, oh, you're in line, here's a coffee. Like, Yeah, just thinking through, like, I think just being thoughtful about it and also not going quiet about it. Because I think a lot of brands, like, if there's a bad experience, they're like, let's not talk about it. It never happened. We're not like that. Like, we're very much like, we're so sorry if something happened. We're like, we're working through it. Like, a good example is, like, we had our LA conference this past weekend, and it was 70 and sunny every single day leading up to the conference. The day of the conference, 
it was 0% chance of rain. It was 70 and sunny. And then at 2 p.m., there was a flash thunderstorm. Mm, like, what sucks. the hell? But basically, it was like, we were prepared. We were ready for it. But like, there was things that we didn't expect, like little like mud puddles that were forming. And our team's like throwing down plywood, making sure people can walk. And like, yeah, it sucks as an attendee to be like, oh, you know, there's mud or there's this or whatever. But like, I think seeing the team jump in and be like, we got this, like holding golf umbrellas for people, you know, I think that really goes a long way is just making the effort, addressing any issues and like going from there. I just think yeah. it's really important. Yeah. I love this, this aspect of the thoughtfulness because everything that you just sort of ran through, whether it was like meet and greet when you walk in or passing trays in the bathroom it's really, you want people to feel seen. Like there's mm-hmm. an emphasis on like, I want you to feel like I care about you. And what you could have said is a million other things. You could have said the stage, the lighting, the guest, the celebrity of it. And you were like, no, the person feeling that we thought about them. That's huge. Yeah. I don't take taking someone's money lately, like ever. And, and, you know, $350 or whatever our ticket prices are for whatever event, like that's a lot of money to someone. And so for me, as someone who is an entrepreneur, who's been bootstrapped the entire time, I understand that investment. And I want to make sure that people are walking away feeling like they got value. They were thought of, they were seen, like you said, I think that's just so important. Yeah. And you, you totally deliver and and over deliver. You've learned so much about what gets in the way for people. You've talked to so many entrepreneurs and you are one. What do you see as the biggest hurdle for people? Execution. I think you can have a brilliant idea. If you don't have the execution, it'll never happen. And I think that's like what happens to so many people is like, they're like, oh, here's my brilliant idea. I'm going to hire all these people to do it, but no one's going to care as much as I do. You have to be the one executing. And I think that's what's so important. And I think that's why Create and Cultivate's been so successful is like, I'm not like a CEO that's like, on vacation, like motivating the team. I'm like doing the work all the time. And I think that's what differentiates really successful entrepreneurs um, from people who were one-time entrepreneurs. I think you have to be willing to do the work. It doesn't mean you're going to do it the entire time, but I think especially at the beginning, what breaks away from people who, you know, are, have a good idea or a good brand or like paid a really, you know, big branding agency to create something beautiful, doesn't matter. If you're not executing on your idea and your vision and being prepared to pivot and change and move, then you'll never, never be successful. Yeah. I think that is so true. And I just wrote it on my piece of paper three times, execute. execute. (laughs) So good. When you're looking at sort of like the fundamental building blocks of, of creating a lasting, beautiful business, what would you tell someone like these things feel essential? Like what would you say are some of the basic tenants that you think everyone could get a lot of mileage out of? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest one is email lists. Like I think everyone's like Instagram, this, that. Yeah, it's totally important. But I think owning an email list that's really large and that you grow and that creates a community, that's something you own. Like I think that's hugely important and something that we've been focused on for a really long time. I think we have over 600,000 subscribers now. And it was like, I don't get the things you say. It's insane. It's crazy. And, And it's something that I was just like, 
insanely focused on the entire time. Like, and I think email list is huge. I think your mission is so important. You know, I think if someone's like, Oh, what do you do? And you're like, well, we do a little bit of that and we do a little bit of this. And mm-hmm. then we sometimes do that. It's like, no, you oh, like, no. What do you do like <laughs> it has to be so cut and dry and you have to know what you are and, and who you are. And I think that's really, really important. That's something that I like drill into, you know, our, employees is like, here's what we do. Here's why we do it. And here's how we show up like every single time. And I think also you have to know how you're going to make money. You can either out the gate or long-term like, but you have to have a sense of when do we start being profitable? And I think that's a huge thing that's happening right now that everyone's starting to see is like all these companies raising so much money, being on the cover of every single magazine. And then like completely imploding because they can't pay their employees. They can't, whatever. I mean, we work is a really good example of that, but I think there has to be a vision of when you will make money, how you will make money. If you can't figure that out from the beginning or like have it in like your sites, then it's probably not a great business idea. Ah, so much good stuff. Let's go to email list. So when it comes to email list, how do you keep that email list feeling fresh and engaged? What's like one of your go-to things that you like to email your list within a month, let's say, that makes them continue to feel like you're there and it's relevant and it's fun? Yeah. So we do a weekly newsletter. Um, I think consistency is key. Every Friday, oh, we show up in your inbox at 11 a.m. Great. So I think of that is, and it's our, our top content. It's our events coming up and it's any like, you know, kind of newsworthy things we have. I think that's really, really important. We also segment and we have a podcast newsletter. So if you're like, I don't care about that. All I care about is the podcast. You get your podcast <laughs> newsletter or you're like, I don't care about your company at all. I just want to buy your products. Great. You so sweet. I don't care. I I mean, look, like you don't want to be everything to everyone. So you don't want your email to be like, it's product, it's podcast, it's this, it's that. And you're like, whoa, it's like we have two stories every week in the newsletter that are our top stories and need to know information. And I think that's really important. And then we also have a money moves newsletter, which is all about financials. And then we have our classifieds, which are job listings. And like the classifieds newsletter was just like this thing that we sort of started because female owned businesses were like, we want to tap into your community for jobs. We're like, great, cool. Let's do it. That newsletter has a 90% open rate. It is insane. It's insane. And it's just job. I think you're a unicorn. I'm going to come check and see if you're real. Because these are not things that are, these are not things. It's insane. I'm like, it just goes to show everyone is trying to look for the bigger, better opportunity. It's amazing. But anyway. Oh my God. Okay. Everything you're saying is amazing. But before we keep going, we're just going to thank our sponsors. When you envision your dream business, do you imagine all those admin tasks like drafting proposals and contracts and tracking down payments? Probably not. That's why you need HoneyBook. HoneyBook is an online business management tool that organizes your client communications, bookings, contracts, and invoices all in one place. They automate all the busy work for freelancers, small business owners, and entrepreneurs like you. And they have easy templates for emails, proposals, and invoices, plus e-signatures and built-in automation to save you time and get you paid faster. I find this super helpful because I hate doing all the busy work, even though they're all kind of necessary if you want to establish yourself as a professional. It just simplifies my team's to-do list so we can direct our focus to the bigger picture things that actually grow the business. Plus, it consolidates services we already use like Google Suite and Excel, which makes it so convenient. And right now, HoneyBook is offering our listeners 50% off when you visit honeybook.com slash dreamjob. Payment is flexible and this promotion applies whether you pay monthly or annually. Go to honeybook.com slash dreamjob for 50% off your first year. That's honeybook.com slash dreamjob. One thing that I, I think that people struggle with is, you know, you said that the very first time you did an event, it was like 25 people and you knew them all. But then eventually you started to bring in the whole world, right? So 
when you want to move into people who you don't know, because maybe you want even more honest feedback and data on like whether it's working or not, and, and you want to grow this and you want to be able to charge and you want to be able to, what would you say is the, the first baby step to sort of broadening the community to starting to go beyond your friends and family? Yeah. I mean, I think friends and family are a good first start, right? Because if they have a good experience, they'll tell their friends and family about it. And then it grows from there. I mean, I think we were really lucky in that we had a lot of word of mouth at the beginning. And also when we had our, you know, speakers, our speakers who have larger followings would post about being there. And then that's how we kind of grew organically at the beginning. And then from there, we started getting, you know, people buying tickets that were not friends and that we didn't know who they were. And we do surveys after every single crane cultivate. We still do to get information and feedback on like what worked, what didn't work and how we can be better at what we're doing. And I also think now, I mean, this didn't exist back then, but Instagram advertising and Facebook advertising is a great way to grow community based on your existing list by targeting their friends and family um, and really kind of growing organically from there. Cause you don't want to just be like, okay, cool. We're targeting women 20 to 50, like go. <laughs> it's like, you want to find people that are like minded and like somehow connected to the people that you are connected with already yeah. um, to make sure that you're creating quality community over time. Perfect. I get this question all the time and Jenna Kutcher is a good friend of mine. I ask her this. I say, people want to know, you know, the answer that you have to this question. And it's always so funny how people think that there's an answer to this question, which is what's the trick? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you break the algorithm? How do you do the, the best post or the best funnel or the best Facebook ad so that you grow your audience overnight? And I'm like always staring at them like, is that a joke? Like, you really think that? And people really think that. They really think that you have a trick. So can you tell us what your trick is? <laughs> yes. I mean, and Jenna Kutcher is like the master of all of those things. And I, I love her so much. But I think, you know, there really is no trick, which is obviously like what everyone says. I think the reality is, is like you need to have a very strong sense of purpose, a very strong sense of self in terms of your brand. And you have to be consistent. So like day one, if you're like, we're going to be this, and then you're like spending all this money to get people to come to that. And then you're like, actually, we're going to be more like this. You're going to lose all of those people. So I think it just takes a while to build up to what you're looking to do. And then being able to be really strategic and smart about the outcome of what you want those things to be. So for instance, we would never do something where we're like, we just want to grow our Instagram following and spend a ton of money growing our Instagram following. Like everything we do is a means to an end. So we want to like target people who are friends of our friends who would want to also attend this event. Then they go to the event. They have a good experience. They sign up for the newsletter. It's like a 360 kind of experience. But I think it's like you, you can throw a ton of money at anything. If you're not delivering or providing a unique value prop at the end of the day, no one's going to stick around. Exactly. And that's so good. And you keep going back to like, it it is the warm audience, right? You don't just want to like blast it out to the world. And I love this idea of be consistent, like lean into it, all in, commit. The thing is, I think that people think that there is some lucky hashtag, like that there is some way of growing something overnight. Have you experienced that? Is there anything that works that you found, whether it's a Facebook ad or a blanket a blank Or are you like, no, it's like chop wood, carry water, like show up consistently. I think it's a combination because I do think 
people who live and breathe online, like particularly like influencers, but if you are all day commenting and liking on people's photos, specifically commenting, you'll grow your audience a hundred percent. Like if you, but you just have to be 24 seven glued to your phone, engaging, 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 engaging. Uh-huh. Like, and, I, and that's really hard. It's really timely. And it's like costly if you want someone to do that for you, because it has to be authentic and feel yes. like sense. And I think like, the Jenna coaches of the world. And, and there's a lot of other people that do this really well. Marie Forleo, like they engage with their audience day in, day out. Again, hard to do at scale. But I, I do think there is something to be said about like the grind of just like engagement. I think it actually does really work. And I think it's just like Facebook and Instagram and stuff. It's just icing on the cake. Like, I don't think it can be your entire strategy. I think it can work really well, but I don't think it can be like, okay, cool. We're just going to buy up all of our followers. And it, fans doesn't and like yeah, it, it doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work. It's hollow. Mm-hmm. What is it? It's like, I think that people think that there must be something that if they only had it, it's like that secret elixir. And then they just press in these things and they type in this hashtag and overnight, I don't think it. But- if it was, we would all be doing it. <laughs> yes, we would. Exactly. You just said it took five years to grow it into a thousand person event. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if there was right. a secret, I'm here. I'm like, tell me. If you okay. Find so, out, he- we'll let me so, know. so now comes the meat and potatoes. Okay. Which is what you said is so true. Execution is everything. And then nobody does it. And the reason they don't do it, it's, I don't think I'm good enough. It's what if it fails? It's someone else is already doing it. So how do you help women overcome all that imposter syndrome and self-doubt so that they actually start? Exactly. I mean, I always say start by starting. I think like the biggest thing is, is yes, there's probably someone out there doing it, maybe doing it better than you, maybe with more money than you. I mean, if I looked around and was like, oh, who else has a conference? Oh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Cool. Like I'm never going to do oh my this. God. Like, <laughs> but it's so true. Like I'm like, if I looked around cool. and was like, well, yeah. they have 200 million in funding and like an A-list celebrity actress at the helm. Like I got this. Like, you know, like it's like, you can't, <laughs> One of my friends, Maxie McCoy, who I love so much, always says there's a reason why horses race with blinders. And I think that's so important. It's like, you have to just be focused on you and your business and what you want to be doing. Like, and you can't just keep saying, what if, what is she doing? What if, what is she doing? Because I think that's what will like drive you into the ground. And like so many people were like, you know, especially early on with Crate and Cultivate as all these other ones kind of popped up, we're like, well, look at what they're doing. You know, they're doing 20,000 people through the door. And I was like, yeah, I have zero desire to do that. I want to create an intimate environment. I think that's what's really powerful about Create and Cultivate. And then I've watched those businesses fail over and over and over again and get shut down. And if I took the advice of people who were very smart people, very well-connected people, very in the mix people, and just said, okay, yeah, you think that? I'm going to go do that. Like my business wouldn't be here today. So you have to bet on yourself. You have to keep your eye on the prize and you can't listen to anyone else. And the reality of the situation is, There will be people out there who are probably better than you and smarter than you and have more money than you. But if you do it and you're smart and you're a pleasure to work with, which I always say, and people genuinely like working with you, you will be successful. And can I just say right now, you have such magnetic energy. You work so hard. You're so passionate. You're like a fireball of enthusiasm. It's really good stuff, Jacqueline. And I think that at the root of all of this is everything that you just said, because our whole lives, we've been telling ourselves we're not as good as this one, not as smart as that one, not as pretty as this one, not as capable. And there's a little voice inside 
and, and it knows that that's not true. And if that wasn't the case, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast right now. And it's because you come here and you ask yourself, why do I come here? To the, what, what am I coming to this podcast for? It's like, it's to be reminded that you need to put those blinders on and you need to go. And you have something that the world needs. And when you just said that, Jacqueline, I just felt like, ah, oh, in a way, that's what I think you do. You're like a lightning rod for everyone to be like, I am going in and I do have something. And it is going to be what it is because look at all these women who she presents at this conference who they started just like me. What do you think is one of the through lines in all the other, you know, in your peers who are all successful in the people who've come to be on the podcast, people who have spoken at the event? Like, what do you see as the through line in successful women? I mean, I really think being able to kind of put your ego aside. I think that's honestly, the women I talk to, even if they're like the most glamorous on every magazine, whatever, like, you know, the women that I get to hang out with that I like have real talk conversations with about the, you know, the realities of being a founder is, you know, they put their ego aside and they just get it done. And I think that's really important, especially in such like a world where, you know, everyone's entrepreneurs are the new celebrities. And it's like, that's amazing. And I think it's great because it sheds light on like, you know, women and businesses and things like that. But the realities of being a founder it's very hard. It's very isolating. It's difficult. There's a million challenges. There's even more challenges being a woman. I'm sure there's even more challenges being a woman of color. Like there's so much difficulty that goes into this. And I know a lot of times what's presented is like best case scenario, the highlight reel, et cetera. And I think that the women I know, you know, have been in the trenches, done the work, either come out on the other side and now we're making a ton of money, but the stories like I'm most inspired by, I'm just like, this is insane. But like you look at people like um, Jamie Lynn Kern, who started it cosmetics, who was just a news anchor who had rosacea, who was like, this product sucks. And I like want to make a better one sold her company for a billion dollars and like was working up her like hundred hour weeks up until the day she sold that company. Like those women that you just are like, those are the stories that are just so incredible to me that they've done it. They built it from the ground up. They had incredible exits or they failed, whatever, but they've like learned and moved on and like grown the company and then gone on to support other female entrepreneurs. Like those are the women that I think like we need to be looking to for that excitement and that inspiration because I think it's just so easy to get caught up in the whole like, oh my God, overnight success, you know, like the Facebooks of the world where it's like, oh my God, a billion dollar valuation created in a dorm room overnight. And I think that's yep. just not the reality. Yep. And I think that story needs to kind of die a little bit because I yep. think it's a disservice to entrepreneurs everywhere. Uh-huh. Absolutely. I mean, Angela Duckworth was here and she talked about how like they, the number one indicator of success is going to be resilience. And oh, yeah. So to think that you're not going to need the grit, I think that one of the things we're seeing, especially as the generation continues to have more and more technology, like we just want a fast ROI. And, and if we don't get it, we think, oh, this is never going to work. Let's move on. It's a failure or I'm a failure or this should have, you know, there's a lot of impatience. Like patience is not happening enough. What's your advice when you're going to hit the wall? Because there is going to be failure, Right that's just called part of the human experience. Not everything's going to work. You're going to test things and you're going to be in beta. And what, what do you do with that? Can you actually tell us one thing where you had to be resilient and get back up? 
I mean, yeah, there's a billion. Um, but basically, I mean, like, I think like the biggest one that I, you know, talk about is with my first company, I had a business partner and we launched the company together. I mean, we were in our early, early twenties. We're having a lot of fun. And then basically the company started making a lot of money and, and grew very fast. And it was one of those things where we had a pretty gnarly business partner breakup. We weren't on the same page. We had a very flimsy operating agreement and it was a full on nightmare when we were kind of going through that. And it was a really intense lesson. And I basically flew. I like, so we had employees. I was like, going through it, trying to explain what happened. I took over the company by myself. I called my sister. I was like, I think I'm going to shut the company down and get a job. Like, I can't do this. It's so intense. So stressful. So stressful. So stressful. Such a nightmare. It's like a divorce. It's like an awful divorce. It's an awful divorce. I lost friends. I lost a business partner and friend, like, you know, all the things. And so basically I... I flew to Portland. My friend at the time, Musa, who's an incredible marketer, he was at Nike. And I was like, hey, so I was like, I think you need to hire me at Nike. I'm going to be like head of, I would love to like head up marketing. Oh my God, I love you. I think you need to hire me. Let me tell you why. And he's like, don't you have a company? And I was like, well, yes, but I'm going through this like thing and it's so much and blah, blah. And he's like, okay, let me ask you a question. Does your company make money? And I was like, yes. And he's like, okay. I'm not going to hire you because you are running your own company and you're making money. The moment you stop making money, you can call me up and I'll hire you, but you have your own thing. And like, it makes money. It works like keep going. And I realized I was like, he's right. Like I can't just give up now. I need to do this on my own. And so I ended up doing it on my own for four more years and then sold that company. But it was very, very challenging to get back up, be as confident, tell all your clients what was happening, get the team rallied around you again. Like it was not an easy couple of years after that, but it was, it was like the biggest learning lesson. Like I always oh say, it was God. like, it was basically my business school. I, you know, that I went through mm-hmm. and I had to teach myself so much things that she was really like owning. And, you know, it was great. And, and, you know, long-term looking back, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. but I think it was an incredible lesson. And I don't think I would be the entrepreneur I am today if that didn't happen to me. So yeah. I think that, you know, every nightmare you're in right now, you're like, oh my God, like this is never going to end. This is it. This is it. It's not it. Like, you know, failure is just a series of data points and you use them, you learn from them and you move on. Yep. So with your podcast, which is awesome. You guys, can you not tell that you're going to love her podcast? Yes, you are. First of all, how do you do all these things? How did you also make a podcast come together? And, and why was it so important to you to do a podcast? Yeah. So the podcast Work Party is kind of a continuation of the book. So I wrote the book Work Party a couple of years ago, um, telling my story, but also telling the story of other female entrepreneurs as well, their lessons, all the things that kind of go along with it. And, you know, really it came back down to the fact that we have access to all these incredible women and speakers and, and they want to share their stories. And I think, you know, at the events, it's incredible because we're able to do that. But, you know, I wanted to dive deeper into topics that, you know, don't often get talked about. So whether it's, again, failure, raising money, the realities of running a company, work-life balance, like the things that, you know, on everything we listen to, it's like, be authentic, be yourself. It's like, no, let's have like a real talk conversation about the realities of being a female founder, the realities of running a company. Um, And the first episode ever of Work Party, you know, I think really set the tone, which was 
we had my lawyer on, she was talking about trademarking, getting everything in order to start a business. And then we talked to Bobby Brown, who basically launched her cosmetics line as a makeup artist within three years, I think sold it for a ton of money, stayed on board of that company, I think for 15, 20 years after the fact, now as a new entrepreneur and really just talking to her about that entire experience, what she's learned coming out the other end of it. I think, you know, it's just this information and podcasts are so great. And I'm sure you know this, it's like, these are things that, I mean, for you and I, when we were starting out, like they just didn't exist. Like we didn't have this type of information. So I think it's just important to have these open, honest conversations, Mm -hmm. give advice that's real, not just gloss over everything and give it access to women. I love it. And we have Bobby Brown was one of the first guests I had on this show too. She had just left SA Lauder. But what I love about what you just said is some of the things that you cover, we don't cover that stuff at all. And it's Mm -hmm. like cool to have all those other like nitty gritty pieces in addition to all the emotional mental health, like how we get through it all. I just love it. I'm, I'm such a fan of your show and, and you. Yay. You are just really fun. <laughs> really, really fun to listen to. One thing I want to ask you before we sum up is when we're talking about marketing, what does marketing mean to you? Mm, I mean, I love marketing so much. I feel like it's, it's been such a through line in my entire career. But I think marketing at the end of the day is just emotional human connection. Yes. However, you, you can do a million different things. But at the end of the day, you're telling a story, you're telling a story to another human being. And that's just the way I approach everything in business is like, there's a human being at the other end of all of this, that's going through something, needs something, wants something. And like, you are either providing it, providing value or directing them to the right place to go get that. And I think that's like what we want to do at Create and Cultivate is tell a story in a human way. That's not just about selling products, not just about selling tickets, but in a way that provides value. I just think it's such a mic drop. I'm, oh God, I love it all. And give me one example so that people can actually see how this plays out. Give me an example of the kind of thing you would post, the kind of thing that you would email, the kind of question you would ask. One example. I think at the end of the day is what does success mean to you? And I think that's so important for when you're talking to a brand, when you're talking to a potential customer, what is the end game? Like what, what for you feels like success? And I think that's so important because if someone's like, I just want to learn about raising money, then you know what to give them. Like what does success mean to you as a brand? Like, I just want new customers. I know what I need to do to get you there. Like I always ask that question at the top of any conversation that I have is like, what does success look like for you? It's like me going out and selling my company for a hundred million dollars or me getting my business to a hundred thousand dollars a year, two totally different needs and wants. And I think just setting it up that way will like help you from beating around the bush for a very long time. I love it. Cause what you're saying goes back to the empathy piece. It's like asking your people, what's your pain point. And for you, it's all about being successful. You're like, what does success mean to you? Right. And you can then also let go of the people that you can't serve, which is actually helpful. Like you can be like, Oh, if you want to do whatever it is, fill in the blank. That's not you. You can be like, I don't think I can serve you. So I'll just keep leaning into the people who I really can serve. And that's so- exactly right. And it's so true because I think like, even there's people with Create and Cultivate that like, you know, are like, oh, I went, but you know, I'm at this level and I don't do this or whatever. And that's totally fine. You're not going to be for everyone, but knowing what you can do for the people that want to show up for you is so important. So good. Tell us where we can find you. Tell us where we can find the podcast. Tell us where we can find the book and where we can find out about the next event. 
all of the things. So on Instagram at Jacqueline R. Johnson at work party at create cultivate, uh, online create cultivate.com and yeah, books available everywhere. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, support your local bookshop, all the good stuff. I'm blown away, blown <laughs> away. I have two pages of notes front and back and I'm Yay! very happy, very happy right now. Very happy. You're amazing. Thank you for being here. Of course. This was so fun. Thanks for having me. How cool is Jacqueline? I could just keep talking to her all day long. Here are the takeaways. Number one, be thoughtful. Making the effort to give your customers a good experience goes a long way. Number two, execute. No one is going to care about this as much as you do. Number three, start by starting. Number four, there's a reason why horses race with blinders on. Bet on yourself. Keep your eyes on the prize. Number five, Failure is just a series of data points. Use them, learn from them, and move on. Number six, marketing is emotional human connection. And number seven, you won't be for everyone, but know what you can do for the people who want to show up for you. You guys are really, truly the best. Thank you so much for listening to this show. I have no doubt that there's a million other things you could be doing. It's really true. It's really true. So it means the world to me that you're here and I will continue to keep showing up for you and making you the best content possible. Please make sure that you're subscribed to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen so you can listen so you can get in on the amazing episodes we have coming up. If you found this episode helpful, which I think it was just packed with nuggets of wisdom, if you love this episode or any episode, share it right now with a friend. Go ahead and text it. Go ahead and send it to them. You'll see three dots on your screen if you're listening to this on Apple, on your phone, and you can just click on it and then it will give you the choice to text the show, to email the show, to post the show. Share it with a friend. Tell them how the show is helping you chart a new course and open up your world to some new possibilities and step into the flow of what you're made to do. Don't forget, get your tickets to the Arrive Summit. It's coming up real soon, March 22nd and 23rd. We are 75% full, but we have a few tickets left. And if you want to get in on a giveaway, I'll be giving away a pair of tickets every day this week on my Instagram at Kathy.Heller. I love you. I'll leave you with a song of mine and I'll talk to you Thursday. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com. Open your heart, let the flood start spreading.